This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether you're using the budget-friendly Solo or the 4K Tacticam 5.0, Tacticam has something for all levels of self-filmers. Tacticam even gives you the opportunity to film through your scope if you're using a crossbow or a rifle. Um, So you can check them out at Tacticam.com. This week's episode, we're talking with our good friend, Adrian Wilson. So I literally would have had this podcast out about an hour ago, except for he called me and I was on the phone with him just talking like we are best friends for, you know, well over an hour. So, you know, for you guys, Jake, uh, one of our patrons, Jake is at work waiting for this podcast to come out and, uh, he had to wait. So he's sitting there at work saying, where's the podcast? Um, sorry, Jake, uh, Adrian, uh, called, but <laughs> this week we talked with Adrian Wilson. He's, uh, you know, he's just a good dude. And, uh, he's one of these guys that you see on social media, or if you're, you know, following around the same circles that we are, you know, you'll see him pop up in a Catman video. Uh, you'll see him, you know, hunting with the hunting public on the public land challenge, or he pops up in one of their Turkey videos or, you know, one of their, their whitetail videos down in Mississippi. And you're going, who is this guy? And, uh, he's just a school teacher from Tennessee, right? Well, we get into his story a little bit. He's an adult onset hunter who just kind of, you know, fell into it. And then, you know, by asking the right questions with the right people, he's fallen in with, you know, the hunting public, as we said, you know, Jonathan from Catman Outdoors on YouTube. And, you know, you definitely need to check that out. And uh, he ended up asking a whole bunch of questions with, uh, while he was on the Saddle Hunter Forum with uh, Greg Godfrey. And so now, you know, Adrian's always in all the tethered videos and, uh, you'll, you'll see him pop up from time to time, but we go through 
that whole process and kind of, you know, how we met and everything. And, uh, you know, Adrian is just a great dude. You can find him on Instagram at big a sports and, uh, you know, he doesn't film his hunts or anything like that. He's just a super, super awesome dude. So you need to check him out. And, um, you heard me mention Patreon earlier. Uh, Patreon is a, a crowdfunding for creators. So if you like the show and you want to help out with the overhead costs, like, hosting or equipment or licenses or you know whatever you just want to uh, you know support the show it means a ton to us and it means so much to us that we don't even keep the money uh, we actually buy gear and give it back to our patreons so um, this quarter uh, we're giving away a set of beast sticks um, at the bare minimum I'm going to give away a set of helium sticks although I'm hearing rumblings of some other stuff that uh, may be out by then. I'll try to get my hands on to give away. Um, but then we give away a Tacticam solo package like you heard in the intro there. And uh, we give away a base map package. So a base map pro, you know, that's what we're using this year. Base map for us going out west. There's so many different layers. And, um, you know, we use it so much. And one of the good things about base map is you can download your map so you can use it offline which you can do on some of the other ones but you're not limited so as much uh, space as your phone or device has uh, you can make the map as big or as uh, you know small and as detailed as you want to because base map has tons and tons of extra layers on it and uh, that's one of the things that we we really like about it and especially for for the scouting on the computer for out west instead of bouncing back and forth from google earth to gaia to you know uh, cal topo or something like that you can stay right on base map and flip through you know all these different layers and, and things like that and it's 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 just really good so if you haven't checked that out um, you should check out uh, base map and uh, if you use the the code chronicles uh, and you have to do that online. You can get twenty percent off, so it ends up being like twenty four dollars for the entire country for the year. Um, so that's definitely something that you guys should check out. And then um, we're also giving away monthly a subscription to the Vitals Live. And what the Vitals Live is is it's like a podcast on steroids. So what you can do with that, it's a video platform, so you can sit in live um, with John Eberhardt. Dan Infault, uh, Garrett Prawl, and you can check that out. And our, the podcast that's coming out next week um, will outline exactly what the Vitals Live is. And then there's a video that goes along with it um, that kind of shows some of the functionality of it. But, you know, we can bring you in on a video. So, you know, those really good podcasts where you're a fly on the wall and you're listening and, you know, maybe it's just this off or, you know, as our buddy Tom Taylor, he likes to say, you know, he's never been so, wanted to be in the conversation so much or, or yelling as Nick Otto from the hunt of just tells me, you know, he's yelling at the, you know, his phone, he's yelling at the device. This gives you the opportunity to come on and have a voice in the conversation and ask those questions and say those things that you'd, you'd like to say. Um, and, uh, all that is also videoed and then archived so that you can search it. So you can go into scouting, you can go to early season, you can go to weather and see how Dan and Garrett and uh, John, how they break down in video, these things. Um, 
So you should definitely check that out if you get a chance. It's the vitalslive.com. You can follow them on Instagram as well. But uh, that's pretty much all we've got for the intro on this one. Um, Adrian's an awesome dude, Big A Sports on Instagram. Uh, while you're listening to this, go check him out. Give him a follow. And uh, I know you're going to love this one. It's another one that I was laughing and having fun while I was re- while I was doing the editing. So I know you guys are going to love it. Um, thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. John and I are sitting here in his garage, fan going. John looks sunburned. I'm extremely hungover. And we are excited to talk to this guest. Now, he's a he's an interesting guy. Um, he goes by many names. You may have seen him uh, on some YouTube videos. He's usually like a cameo, so he doesn't have his own channel. He doesn't film his hunts, but you'll see him lurking around in the hunting public's videos, Catman's videos, the tethered videos. You'll see posters of him around Nashville. I think San Francisco's (laughs) got posters of him. Um, Man, this is our good buddy. Uh, Adrian, Adrian Wilson, how are you doing tonight? Guys, I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm ecstatic just to talk to you boys and cut up a little bit. So we, you know, you're one of those guys who, like I, you know, kind of alluded to, you're on social media, you're, you're here and there, you always see it. And so when we walked into ATA, I'm like, hey, no kidding, there's... Adrian Wilson. John's like, who's that? I'm like, he's you know a guy from Instagram, but he's always around the tethered guys, and I kind of give him the backstory of like why I see your face, and he's like, he looks exactly. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not that's Billy Currington. What the hell? <laughs> well, now when we met at ATA, Adam, what I don't know if you knew this or not. I didn't want to embarrass John, but when you're introducing yourself to me. He's behind the scenes asking for an autograph, and I'm thinking, <laughs> heck yeah, Adrian Wilson, <laughs> right? ATA, this dude comes up to me. No, he thought I was messing with him. He thought I was Billy Carrington. I'm like, golly, he kind of took the, the wind out of my sails. <laughs> no, I wanted Adrian's uh, autograph. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Oh, goodness. Adrian and I say like two words to each other. He's like, you want to get some food? I'm like, sure. And then John and Frank and Ernie are like, where the hell are you going? I'm like, I'm going to get some food with my new buddy here. And yeah, uh, it's just it's like, it's like the, the movie. Did we just become best friends? I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's the way it is. Just old friends. And that is, um, I would say your personality, your style, everything like to a T. I mean, super easy to talk to fun. I mean, you like to have fun. There's no uh, two ways around that. Um, but let's get a little bit of background on you and like what you know your story as far as getting into hunting. You know, you know that side of it, and then how did you get hooked up with all these guys that you know kind of have I, I don't know thrown you into the spotlight. I mean, you live in Nashville, so. The Billy Currington thing is an everyday occurrence, but well, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. My story's a little bit different than a lot of 
the hunters out there, it seems like, you know, the, the guys I'm hanging around with, I didn't start hunting officially. Like, I never hunted anything in my life till I was 28, 29 years old. Um, and how old yeah, are you now? I will be 45 this month. Okay. July 26. Um, but yeah, I, uh, so I, I grew up like a lot of all the other hunters, you know, um, playing sports and, and, you know, just being all boy. I mean, I was outside all the time doing those things. Um, but I was hardcore into, uh, playing basketball, baseball, football type stuff. And then, uh, Anyway, after high school, I went on. I played uh, college basketball at Belmont University here in Nashville, and that was my thing. Like I knew, you know, I never had dreams or aspirations of being a superstar in the NBA or anything like that. I liked coaching. I liked the technical aspect and the, you know, the planning and figuring out game plans and counteracting what the other team might be doing, and so. And I get that honestly. My dad was a high school and a college coach, so um, that's just kind of that was my first love. And uh, so after college, I actually did a uh, a stint as an assistant college coach for a year, and I planned on being a head college coach. I mean, that was my dream ever since I was a boy, and uh, realized after that year, you know, getting on the road and scouting sucks. I didn't like it. I, I, I mean, I just, uh, I, I'm kind of a homebody. And uh, so I had the degree. I started, I'm a high school teacher currently. Been doing that since 99. And I was a high school basketball coach for 18 years. So anyway, getting to the hunting part. Uh, one of my stops as a coach, um, I was the boys coach. And the girls coach was a big time turkey hunter deer hunter and he's like why don't you go turkey hunting with me i'm like okay i don't know what i'm doing but i'd love to go so uh went with him and i mean i, I was just a tag along i just i went out i literally went out to walmart that night and bought all my camo and uh that next morning we were on a ridge and i, I maybe this is exaggeration but it felt like i was surrounded by like 30 gobblers, you know, just, just hammering. And they were so close. My chest was erupting. And right then and there, I knew I need to do this. So, uh, got my license, uh, and I finished out that season hunting uh, probably no joke, almost every day. And, uh, I killed my first bird the last day of season that year. And my buddy, you know, he was pretty proud just, you know, getting a new guy into it and seeing how, how I took to it. Then the next step was like, all right, dude, we got bow season coming up here in a few months. We need to get you a bow. You want to shoot a deer? I was like, yep, I'll try that. Went out and bought a bow off Craigslist. Didn't know what I was doing. Uh, first day of season comes along. I'm on his property. He's got about 60 acres just outside of Nashville. And, uh, he said, all right, there's a, a climber over there. Well, I've never used a climber. It was an old one of the old steel summit climbers, and I didn't have a harness, nothing. I just climbed up that tree, and those came in that morning, and uh, I shot one at 20 yards. 
I actually thought I missed it. I called him. I was like, dude, I just missed. Because for me, I had been shooting, but just maybe a little over a month. And uh, the arrow, I saw it come out the backside of the deer. But for me, it looked like it went under it, you know, because I still saw it. And uh, anyway, I called him and told him I missed. And then uh, he's like, are you sure? I mean, you know, asking me all these questions. And then it's like, uh, well, wait a minute. I see something over there in the woods. He goes, what color is that? I said, it's white. He's like, that's its belly, you dummy. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that. From there, from from there, I know I'm long-winded on that, but from there, I have been hardcore hooked ever since. And so, um, like, with, with your, you know, you went and you had a, you know, this steel climber, right? And yeah. And from there, was it was it this year new hunting buddy, or did you kind of branch out on your own? I mean, it was well, funny. It was funny to hear me say that to to hear you say that you hated scouting and going on the road sucks because like when you're deer hunting, it's like all you're doing is scout. You should be scouting all the time, you know. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, the the thing is, I think one of the I love I love killing animals. I do. I love killing animals. I mean, that's part of it, right? And and I'll say it that way. Like, that's part of it for me. Now, I respect them, but, I mean, I'm there to kill. Now, the, on the other the side of that is I'm in beautiful God's country, and, and if I don't even see an animal, I've had a good day. Now, obviously, it's a lot better if I'm seeing and killing animals, but I just love being outside because when it's not, when it's not season, like, like the part of me – you know, I said scouting, um, like being on the road scouting when I was a basketball coach. Like I have to go into homes and talk to parents and, and kind of kiss up a little bit. And that's not my nature. I don't like doing that, you know, and and just sleeping in hotel rooms and stuff like that, which is funny because I don't mind. I love a good deer camp. I'll, I'll sleep in a tent on the on the ground, no problem, and being out in nature – but that kind of goes back to where my background is, you know, as a basketball coach. I said I liked mapping out and the strategy of trying to win this game and what we've got to do. Well, I've translated that kind of into my, my, my deer and turkey hunting now as far as I'm scouting and making a plan to, to win this kill, so to speak. And, uh, like, I, I realized – you know, as a basketball coach, it was really hard for me because, you know, that that's in the fall and goes through winter. So, um, or late fall and then in the winter till like February. So my deer hunting was pretty much a, a, a Friday night after a ball game. I'd go get my stuff ready and I'd hunt Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I wasn't getting to hunt during the week. Now, early bow season, I could a little bit. But I was very limited because I'm sitting here running a basketball practice, and I started realizing when I'm in practice and all I'm thinking about is deer hunting, hey, I got a problem here. I'm not, you know, I can't be an efficient coach or the best I can be, and that's kind of what I want to do. I want to be the best I could be, and I didn't want to cheat them boys. I didn't want to cheat myself, and so uh, and I got two two young daughters, and they're growing up, and so I, I gave up coaching and haven't looked back. And, uh, you know, I still have that fire in me to, 
to put a plan together. You know, like hunting season, we all count down the days to get there, right? But how much fun is it to go and scout and try to match wits with these animals that live there? I mean, I love it. I can't get enough of it. Now, how did you come to that as a conclusion? Because, I mean, your your deer hunting story, um, I think it kind of starts out like a lot of even like the youth hunts and things like that. Or, you know, when you first start with your dad or wherever, you know, they go, they put you in a stand. You know, did that guy say, this is why you're there? This is why those deer are coming through there? Or how did it evolve into this, you know, the 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 chess match because I think a lot of people get stalled, you know, new hunters and even, you know, guys that have been doing just the same thing over and over and over, they get stalled right. in, in that. Well, if I go sit here, I'll be able to kill, you know, a doe or well, a small that, deer. It, it, that's, that's a great question. I think that's where a lot of people fail early on. And, and a lot of learn later on from those mistakes. Like, when I got into it, so my personality type is if I like something, I'm going to be all in. That's just me. And like, so I was, when I started, uh, so like I said, I started turkey hunting. Turkey, I didn't think when bow season, that that is by far my favorite now without a question. Um, and I have no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll go take a rifle out too. But bow season, being that close to the animal is, is it for me. But to answer your question, I was, uh, my buddy that took me out, he kind of, he put me in a tree, basically, or just said, hey, this is where my climber is. It was in an oak patch, and uh, he was about, I don't know, 300 yards away on another piece of, or on the other side of the property, and so I was, I was just out there on my own, and I knew that, okay, these, he said these deer are going to th- probably feed up here, because um, the oaks are falling pretty good. And so, okay, I learned that right off. I mean, I had some general knowledge, but I didn't really, you know, the strategic part of, of their diets and, and what they're eating and, and, you know, how they travel and stuff like that. I was really, really um, ignorant for, for a few years on those types of things. Like, I basically, I didn't have a hunting buddy at that time. Like, he hunted some, but he just... uh he had kids and was busy, so I was doing it on my own. I was just getting out in the woods and um, being having boots on the ground, learning from failed experiences. At that point in time, I was on a couple of websites. Uh, I was on Archery Talk constantly or, or pulling up articles and just reading. And uh, we have a, a local website. Well, it's TennesseeDeerHunters.com. And, it, you know, it's just a great – at the time, those are great places to get – information and guys were willing to help and i would pass stuff along to one guy and ask him what they thought or even like you know buying stuff from the store i learned what was good for me and what was bad for me and it was trial and error and uh it it took me golly i mean i'm still learning you know what it's been what 18 years, maybe 17, 18 years I've been hunting and, uh, I, I I'm still uh, learning, you know, I, I, and that's the part I like. I know I don't know it all and I never will. And I want to, I, I crave knowledge. I want to learn. I'll take and accept constructive criticism. I learn stuff from other hunters I like and what I don't like. And it's just always a learning experience for me. And just, uh, 
you know, you're talking about the hunting public guys and tethered and Catman, like, you know, talking to those guys, you know, just learning different strategies. And sometimes, you know, it's not always what the general hunter thinks is going to happen. So you got to think outside the box. And that was really hard for me because I'm thinking for the longest time I was going, okay, this looks like a good spot where I saw deer here. This is where I'm going to go climb my tree or put a ladder stand or whatever I was in at the time. And, and I wasn't using the knowledge of what the deer were actually doing. I was just going on site and what I thought they might do just because I thought it was a great place. And so how did you get hooked up with all those guys? I mean, so it's interesting, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from like the listener's perspective. Like, so here you yeah. got this guy that's just, you know, doesn't know shit about hunting. He's figuring it out on his own. And then all of a sudden you're, and it's, I'm sure that the story isn't all of a sudden, but now you're, you're to this point now where it's a regular occurrence for you to be around all these guys who are, you know, um, very successful uh with the tethered guys they're extremely innovative and you know they're it's not something that you would buy off the shelf at at walmart you know so how did you kind of get intertwined with all of that well um so Catman jonathan he lives five ten minutes down the road from me we've been hunting together so he's he's quite a bit younger you know he's he's in his late 20s so he was just getting started in the hunting world himself about the, almost a, about the same time I was, so to speak. So I was getting, I'd been doing it for a few years, but before I got a little bit more serious with it. And, and, uh, so we've hunted together for, for as long as I've known him. We, I met him at the, the, the local WMA, but he was on one of those, uh, same as I was. He's on, he was on TennesseeDeerHunters.com. And we had a couple of mutual friends. Like I had a couple other hunting buddies that kind of showed me the ropes of the WMA because when I started, I was only hunting private lands and I had some, some prime hunting lands there and being a high school teacher and the basketball coach, you know, I, I got to know a lot of people and they knew I was hunting and they'd invite me out and stuff like that. But I would change jobs to get a better coaching job. I was always chasing that. So I would lose some of those properties. So I started going to the w, the local WMA. Anyway, that's where I met Jonathan, and he he had his uh his YouTube channel, um, and he's done a really good job, you know, progressing that over the years. So from there, um, one of our local buddies between Jonathan and I, he started saddle hunting um, out, out of a sit drag, and you know we're we're going in some some tough spots and just the the climbers were tough and all that stuff just heavy i mean just you know the general stuff you hear about from the transition to saddle hunting anyway um he's like dude you need to check this out and so i started he told me about saddlehunter.com years ago and so i got on there and i got to to know greg godfrey you know he one of the owners of of tethered and uh greg and i i would ask him questions and you know he would ask me sometimes about you know hunting lands here in tennessee and stuff he was looking to come out and do and i just got to uh where i became a really hardcore saddle guy and i guess i've been doing that 
that was probably about seven years ago, maybe six. And, uh, I just, we just befriended each other. And next thing you know, uh, you know, Greg and Ernie start tethered. Well, at that time, right after they got it started, uh, Greg and I talk and he asked me to be part of their staff. And that's how, that's how that got rolling there. And, um, you know, I think we have a great group of core guys that everybody brings something different to the table that makes us very unique. Um, we all, it's, it's funny, you know how you, you talked about when you and I first met and we, we said like two words to each other and then we're going out and having lunch. You know, it's kind of the same thing with these guys. We, it's like we became an instant family. And uh, so from there, uh, just knowing those guys, and I know Catman was, he was uh, talking to Aaron Warbritton a little bit from the hunting public, asking questions and doing stuff. Well, next thing I know, um, we got invited to go on a, a hunt in Alabama with the hunting public, I guess, three years ago. And it was uh, Zach Fanball and, and um, Jake came down later and Ted. And, uh, I mean, we we just hit it off with those boys. I mean, we both, we drove down there like 4 o'clock in the morning and woke them up in their they were they were riding around in that uh, whitetail trailer from uh, <laughs> legendary whitetails, and uh, we we did camp with them for I don't know three or four days, and uh, that just started off a, a really good friendship. Not just as as hunters, obviously that's what started it, but we've uh, maintained a good relationship with those guys, and so when they're in the south, a lot of times they'll invite me or Jonathan or both out or. Uh, if they're coming through town and want a place to crash, they've come here a few times or they need Wi-Fi to upload videos and stuff like that. And just making those connections. I'm a people person and, um, it's been, it's been pretty sweet meeting some really good dudes, not just hunters, but really good dudes. And, uh, I, you know, on your, on your podcast, you know, one of the things that you're talking about is the camaraderie. I love it. I love it. I, I, I get to hang out with the guys cut up half on and i'm going out killing deer or hopefully killing deer <laughs> and seeing new lands it's a pretty sweet gig on that note so what's your hunting style in in tennessee and then you were up here for the public land challenge hunting michigan and so how did that translate like what was your thoughts when you got here um so last year was my first time really hunting any good amount of time out of state of Tennessee. I've, ha I've hunted out of state, but not a ton. So um, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, I was, um, so, you know, we had the, the challenge was, you know, the hunting public guys, Dan Infault, Joe Rentmeester, that crew, and then the tethered guys. And so we're, we start looking at Onyx and immediately, when we found out where we were going to be and you know, there's a lot of guys that, that uh, are super awesome with maps and scouting. And, I, and that's one of the areas I'm getting better at. I'm not great. I'll just tell you, I can look at stuff and look at transitions and, you know, elevation changes and all kinds of stuff, but I'm looking at that stuff and I'm thinking, okay, these are some really good spots that I want to check out. And 
I will say one of the, the one of the best things I've learned from the hunting public guys, the first time I met them down in Alabama, is they've been there for a few days. And those guys they you know, when they go into places, they're they're usually there a lot of times, what, six to ten days. And I don't they spot and stalk a ton and, and, and I say that to say they're just getting boots on the ground and they're mapping almost everything they see. So they're really tearing up and getting a lot of uh, area covered. And then I'm sitting there watching them and learning from that, you know, because a lot of times I'll go in, I might find some really, what I think is good sign. I'm thinking, I want to hunt. I want to hunt. And and I really prefer to be in a tree. I like I like uh, having that, that side advantage. Um, but I've had to kind of change some things. I think I've become a better hunter learning that. So anyway... So I had the idea, I'm going to Michigan, and I'm going to get, I'm going to cover a lot of ground. And I'm going to go look at the areas that, uh, that I spotted on, on Onyx. And I get up there, man, and it's, uh, uh, I think you guys probably remember, it rained the whole time. It was mm-hmm. nothing like, the, the, a lot of the sign was hard to see. And uh, so strategy had to change a little bit. Then I have to start thinking, okay. There's so much water, these deer are going to, in my mind, I think going to move to higher ground, right? You know, when they're, because a lot of stuff was just, just so saturated. And uh, so it took me a couple days of, of I, I walked around for two days when it was, when it was not pouring down. And uh, I found some really good signs, some super fresh stuff. And, uh, put a plan together. I found it one morning, put a plan together, went back in that evening. Uh, Dylan Hazen was filming for me, but he, he didn't get to go that evening. He had, uh, he had to do some editing. So I went back out and got in super early and, uh, I found, uh, there was like multiple scrapes in this one area and, and some, some good rubs, a lot of, lot of traffic and, uh, it was there were it was in a wooded area and it was transitioning to go to a, a private property a few uh, hundred yards away that had corn on it and anyway I set up that night and uh, I had a really good deer come in and uh, it was almost at last light I'm a lefty shooter he was coming in on a on a string just you know I just happened to be in the the right spot and uh he gets 10 yards away from my tree and changes direction, not direction. He's still headed past me, but he changes the other side of the tree, which is my weak side. So that really messed me up. And, uh, anyway, he walks by me and he has a spike with him and, uh, I, I can't move cause that spike seems a little edgy. And, uh, anyway, that deer gets to 30 yards behind me and stops, uh, almost broadside quarter and weigh a little bit i'm nervous i'm shaking a little bit because i'm sitting here i mean come on i'm a high school teacher i'm a blue collar dude and i'm in this awesome camp with awesome dudes and i'm sitting there thinking dan info he's probably in the next county with a big booner down you know and and <laughs> eberhardt's up there and all these guys i mean just you, you guys you know every, all the guys that people are watching on youtube and i'm sitting here with a really good shooter buck that I have 
at first, you know, I thought I was, it was going to be a home run because that's the way he'd come in. But then I didn't. Then I started breaking nervous and I started thinking about that stuff. Anyway, I draw back on him and uh, I let one fly. The arrow deflects off something. Uh, and w- once I got down, there was a limb I never saw. I never expected to shoot behind me uh, at that point because they were headed. That was the direction of the fields. And I just did, you know, there's no reason in my mind I could think that they'd be coming from that way. Anyway, it deflects off a limb. It, it, uh, the, the arrow hits the deer in the front shoulder, skims it. The deer, I mean, it, it was, it was just a brush. Didn't harm the deer. Nothing. The deer, uh, kind of stops because he was fixing to walk he stops and he just walks away so i was obviously devastated i don't like missing nobody does but the fact that i was there and i could have taken that deer that would have been pretty cool um but cool part of the story is this i had to leave the next i I went back out there the next morning uh and moved to where i thought they might be coming back in from the field i didn't want to be in that same spot I, i i went more closer to bedding and I, I never saw, never saw the deer. They didn't come in the way I, I, I thought they would. Anyway, I met a local guy uh, a day or two earlier. I had uh, a tethered sticker on my truck. He had texted a buddy that said, "Hey, the, this is where the hunting challenge is." I, I see one of the tethered guys' trucks. Well, he waited on me. We get to talking, and, and he had just started hunting that area. That that year and uh, anyway i gave him the information that i had on that buck and all the sign i had and about five days later he sends me a picture that that deer with him his face in it where he put it on the ground so i was pretty stoked about being able to potentially help another hunter out that's really cool i mean that i mean generally doesn't happen (laughs) right (laughs) but uh yeah oh go ahead no, I was just going to say, you know, the guy's name is Corey. Um, I didn't know him. Like I said, we had just met. We're friends on social media now and stuff. And um, But it's really cool. Like, I wasn't ever going to come back there to kill that buck. I knew that. And he, I, I like, if I have some information, I don't mind helping people out. Now, obviously, I'm not going to give away something that I'm going after. To, to, to some random Joe. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's what hunting to me, for me personally is about, I want to, especially my friends, I don't hold stuff in or back, especially people I trust. Friends are a lot harder to come by than shooting a deer. And so, uh, I don't know, not to do this, this guy and I are great friends now. He's a good dude. But uh, it's a feel-good story. I was really stoked to see that he got that deal. Now, with that, one of the things from your story that is the 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 quintessential. I mean, somebody could be listening to this and be like completely validated and saying, "See, that's why I'll never saddle hunt because I can't get that shot." You know, your, the bridge gets in your way. You get messed up. You gotta shoot your offside or yeah but he got the shot he just hit a limb yeah but i mean you're saying that that's kind of like one of the things that frazzled you or or whatever like what do you say to that guy 
I mean, I think the same thing could happen in a tree stand. If you're wearing your harness and you've got your tether hanging down, it's the same thing could happen. That was my fault totally. You know, I was not, and, and I learned from it, I was not prepared to shoot behind me. You know, I was not because the fields were behind me. That's the direction they were going to travel. So anything I thought I would shoot would be, you know, square in front of me or to my right or, or immediate left. And um, I'd already practiced. I'd had all my ranges down. And, uh, you know, that deer, it, I had to watch it walk right by me, and I could not move because of that spike. And, uh, you know, a lot of it, you know, if you don't get nervous at all when there's animals around that you're trying to kill, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that I'd want to do it anymore. That's part of the rush. And, and I just fumbled it up. It was, it was my fault. No excuse. I broke nervous. I wasn't prepared and in the right way. I, and the, the, the limb that I hit, um, like I said, light was fading. I mean, it was still shooting light, but when you guys know what it's like, when you're in a wooded area, it gets darker faster. I can still, there's all kinds of light um, outside of the, the woods there down the, well, actually I saw him work a straight set away before he came into the woods. And uh, I, I, I didn't see the limb. I just, I could see the buck and it, it wasn't even a big one. It was just a little thing that was just, it was just stupid in my part, not being prepared. Yeah. As it gets dark, the shooting lanes open up. I'm like, man, that's a good shooting lane right there, right there, right there. And then at daylight's like, oh, man, I would have never got an arrow through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all seen the memes where, <laughs> you know, you see this huge buck right, at, right before daylight. And then when the daylight hits, it's just a tree, you know. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what it's like, you know, when once the sun, it, it, it changes some things. So um, I know I, I promise you this. Anytime I went to the woods after that, especially in a new area, I was I was totally checking out every angle. And that's the thing about being a saddle hunter. I can move all the way around the tree, and I love that. Love that I can do that. And 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 I'm not and I'm totally not anti um, stands at all. You know, I think it's to each their own, and what everybody's going to make them a better hunter, more enjoyable. For me, it, it's a saddle, and uh, I think it makes me a better hunter because I can, I'm can i more versatile by far in the tree and even walking into the tree, you know? Oh, absolutely. My switchover, and, you know, with Adam, too, it uh, the saddle's definitely made a, a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just opened up so many more avenues for me as a hunter. I think it's, made, it's, it's helped make me a better hunter. It's, it's allowed me to... You know, those days that are here in the south, not, I mean, you guys have them there too, but when it's hot and humid and you're thinking, golly, I don't want to go in any further. I'm just going to, you know, I'm sweating and in this climber, I, I'm able to push further easily in that saddle because I'm just wearing that joker in and I've got a backpack on with my with my climbing method, whatever I'm using, and uh, I, I, the only thing I'm holding is my boat. Right. What what is your uh, what do you normally use for your climbing method? Like when obviously on public land, you you probably can't use like spikes or screwing yeah. steps. But so I, I uh, I'm a stick guy right now. I love I love spurs, um, but 
obviously I'm limited to um, private land with with Spurs. The, I love the fact that with Spurs, I feel like a, a, a daggum squirrel. I can just shimmy up the tree and be right there and be ready. Um, but um, I, I haven't used, I didn't use those at all last year because all I did last year was public land. Um, so, you know, I like, I'm 6'5". I've got a good step. I like a, uh, a shorter um, stick. I, right now, I'm using some 17-inch uh, leverage sticks that they don't make leverage anymore. It's basically, uh, it's almost like a Hawk Helium mm-hmm. at 17 inches, and I have a, a one-step movable aider. So I, I've got three sticks um, and uh, a one-step movable aider that I take up with me. And with my, my reach and length, I can get up almost as high as I need to. Like, I, I, I prefer to be high. But at the same time, you know, early season when there's a lot of growth, you know, I might only go 12, 15 foot. Right. Just because that's what that uh, that tree or that area I'm in, that's what that calls for. If I go up too any higher, I couldn't see. But I prefer to be as high as I could. Right. Yeah. And early, early fall, you're getting that canopy, you get up in it and, you know, they yep, can't yep. see you, but you can't see them unless they're right underneath you. Well, and that's the thing too. You know, a lot of guys, uh, they, you know, they, they, they talk about getting high, like, oh, you know, I don't know. I hear people saying, oh, you, you only get, you're only at 12 foot or 15. It's different every time. It depends on, like you just said, the canopy. Right. And some people, but also, I, I you have to have a good uh, background. Right. I don't want to be wide open. And some people think, well, if you just hide, you can hide that. But yeah, you can hide it to, to some deer. But I think, you know, some deer, I mean, we all seen it. Deer look up in a tree. I don't know why. Well, they do, <laughs> you know. So um, I want a good backdrop. Because if you move, they're going to get sketched out and you might blow it. So I, I prefer to have the best chance of having some kind of backdrop of something so i'm broken up so outside of a saddle outside of you know the the forums being you know uh adult onset hunter what do you think was the most um influential to your success, what, what do you think was was it just your drive to be successful? And you said, "Okay, well, I want to figure that this out." Or how did you, um, y- you know, evolve as a hunter on your own? You know, what 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 were some of the big influences without having the the family side of it or the you know the real good um, hunting buddy to start? I, I loved. I love being out in nature in general. Like I like, like if I'm not hunting and or fishing or something like that, I'm usually hiking or something. And so boots on the ground for me and, and, uh, covering as much area as I could. Uh, I was doing it to stay in shape outside of season two. And, uh, and, and then learning from my previous mistakes uh, taught me a lot. You know, it's kind of like I didn't know it was a mistake at the time, but then as I become a better hunter, 
and just my experience of being in the woods and getting to know nature a little bit better and the animals I'm hunting, it's kind of like an aha moment. And they're like, Oh my gosh, if I would have done this. Uh, and then, and then, you know, and then putting that into practice and it paying off for me. Now, obviously it doesn't always happen the way I want it to, but I found out that my percentages shot up drastically when I started putting some of the things that I was learning about, uh, you know, the lay of the land, buck bedding, what their browse is, you know, things of that nature. Um, and then, you know, just, you, I know you said outside of forums, but listening to podcasts, listen to these guys, like, you know, you know, I spent this weekend with around John Eberhardt and that guy has a wealth of knowledge as you guys know, cause you guys, I mean, he, he, doing podcasts with you guys and just, uh, just, uh, I, I think that's it. And, and that, that it's nothing fancy learning from my mistakes and, and making sure I was out in the woods. Right. It, a lot of it's trial and error and then start putting some of the stuff I learned into practice. And my, my statistics jumped su- substantially. I think like with all the listener or with all the people we've had, we've talked to on our podcast, you know, it's a common theme. You guys all get out there, put put your time in, basically. Learn from your mistakes. And I think a lot of people like these young kids are going out and they're they're trying it's like trying to win the lotto. They want they want it to come easy without putting in the work. Or, you know, they're trying to find the the answer that's like, Okay, how am I gonna be become a better hunter? You know, tell me what to do. Well, Get out there and get boots on the ground and figure it out. You know what I mean? And and and, and yeah, you nailed it. And, and and along with that, you and I think Adam said it a while ago. He was asking about the drive. You have to have a drive to want to be better, to to hone your craft and be the best you can be. Um, sure, an average person can go out and hunt a few times, and they might kill a two hundred inch deer. It's happened before. I've never seen a two hundred inch deer in the wild myself, but. I've shot some pretty decent deer over the years now, and uh, I've shot enough now that, you know, I've got some confidence in myself. It's not just luck. Yeah, some of them were, for sure. But some of them were, uh, I put a plan together, I put the effort and sweat equity into it, and uh, it's paid off. Right. Well, I think that's what I'm trying to do, like, personally, is that I I just want to get, like I, I feel like it's like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Like those are rookie numbers. You need to get your numbers up. Like <laughs> I mean, I've killed some deer, but like I, I want to kill more deer. Like that, and right. I'm, I don't necessarily, I'm not at the point where I'm good enough to be discriminating against the deer that I'm killing. You know what I mean? Right. Like to to a point, but. I, I have like simple goals. Like I would like to have a target animal that I've located or whatever, and then try and figure that out or have a plan. Like I mean, they, they go hand in hand, but like, like I said last year and like with all the rain, it didn't happen at all because the hunting, you know, we changed were, everything. Well, we weren't here for, uh, specific amount of time like i'll just wait out the rain i don't ha- i'm not forced to go out and hunt and that shit you know right so but i would like to kill one like in the first 
couple days of the season to go out and say, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what the pattern is, or this is where I've seen them, and, and, and this is where I need to be to kind of validate that, like you said, to build up that confidence. Because, like I say, I have confidence that I can go out and kill a deer. I mean, right. I don't, I don't doubt that. And you know, sometimes like what you were talking about with the nerves is like, as soon as you mess one up, then it's like, whoa, fuck! I just fucked one up. Like I'm gonna <laughs> fuck this one up. It's gonna go. Everything's gonna go bad. Like, and you gotta, you gotta kill deer to get outside of that. You know, you have to, yeah, you have to I, write your write the ship kind of. Yeah, I mean, and and like anything, you know, you've got to build up confidence. You got to have confidence in yourself, and not just an. And I don't mean an arrogance. I mean, just confidence in what you're doing, and, uh, you, and but but that's going to be backed up if you've put your time in, and and you are trying to to get out there and learn things. I, I think it's going to come. I mean, it, it's just it, statistically. I mean, putting your time into anything, and, and and going through the trial and error and stuff like that, you're going to be better in some form or fashion. Um, like my nemesis, like as you're talking about. Like early season, I've worked my tail off for that. You know, everybody's excited for that first hunting day, right? And 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 for me, the last few years, I've had some bucks that I thought I had them patterned really good, and I have not been able to get those deer. Now, um, I, I'm sitting here watching them on camera, or I'm watching them in fields in the evenings, and I'm putting these plans together. Now, I've been really close. I've seen them, but they've come down a different path. I, I don't know why, but I, I felt like I had the wind, the thermals, all that stuff, and it just so happens it just has not worked out yet for that very early season kill. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've shot those early season, but I've not killed that early season buck, and that's that, that right now is kind of my drive this year. Like I'm really, really focused. I feel like I am. I have been, but I feel like this year, like I, I just, I, I've got a confidence that I'm going to make this happen. I'm trying to do the right things. I, I've got some cameras out. Um, I've, I've, I've learned the land I'm hunting even better and maybe some exit routes and some things that like, it's funny, you know, you hear guys are like, you know, I was in the right spot. And it's just like the deer. Sometimes they just know something's different. I can't explain it. And they just change the next day what they've been doing. And, uh, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe I boogered something up that I just don't know. Uh, maybe on an entry, uh, or, or something, but, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I want, I want to get that early season, the first week type of deer. If I can get that pattern, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just not in the cards, but, uh, um, that's, that's, that's really kind of my goal. And, it, and if I don't get it, I didn't fail. I, I look at it as a learning experience because I'm always learning something, you know. And what about you, John? Where where do you stand in all of that? Like, as far as like your goals or like like how you view yourself going into the season with like the confidence and the, you know, because I mean, I obviously I talk a lot more on here, but I'm like always saying like I'm a fucked world's worst deer hunter, <laughs> like, and I want to be better and. It's like you're very analytical and like all this stuff. So, right. and I, I mean, I want to be better too. Obviously, it's not like I go out. I mean, the last few years I've been obviously trying to get my son a deer, so that's been the focus. 
But then this year now we're going back, you know, we got the hunts. And I'm going to Montana. You're going out to Colorado. And I got three tags to film Montana. So that's like, that's been my focus lately. I've been on, you know, base map and uh, figuring that shit out. But <clears throat> I do want to get out and, you know, it's just been so damn hot. And, and I mean, and everything has just been kind of crazy lately with, with all the other bullshit going on. But I do need to get out. And I've said this before, get out, scout. So what, what, when you guys go to those those uh, other states, what will be your, your strategy? Like, is that a new ground to you, I'm assuming? Are you guys, are you going to set up on some sign when you see it? you going to get, you know, you're going to do the boots on the ground thing and try and cover a lot? What, what are you thinking? So for me, I have, I'm going to uh, out to Bozeman, and I have a buddy that lives in Bozeman. And so he's been... Uh, you know, he elk hunts, so he's already got some spots, and I've been looking on Onyx and stuff, or base map for that. But I'm also, I have a whitetail mule deer tag, and then I have an antelope tag, so I'm going to hunt my way out. I'm planning on trying to kill an antelope on the way out there in, you know, eastern Montana, where, you know, they're more, you know, it's kind of the open area and flat. And so my plan, that's my plan, like, just boots on the ground, get out there. I mean, obviously, it's a little different with antelope because you're just driving and, you know, spotting them and then trying to set up a plan. Right. And then, but the whitetail, now, my buddy Eddie, he doesn't do anything with whitetail. But uh, he does have, uh, like, he lives right right near a big river bottom. And, and when I was out there the last time I seen, I mean, there's like 130-inch bucks everywhere. They're all out in the fields, and they, they basically, like, they call them goats out there, you know, they're a pest, but. So, uh, sorry to interrupt. Now, will you, will you be filming these? Do you, do you, on, on those hunts with, I do you, do you film a, a lot or? Well, in the la in the past few years, I've been doing all like the self filming. Uh, last year was the first deer I, you know, shot, I thought on film and I was on the wrong animal, but. <laughs> You know, now I'll be using Tacticam on my bow, but I'm going out by myself. Out, you know, as I head out, I'll be alone. So it's going to be self film. It'll be interesting with the antelope, but at least I'll have the Tacticam on the bow. And then for the whitetail, I'll have my regular setup with the camera arm. I'm bringing the saddle, and I plan on getting down into the, uh, you know, the river bottoms. And hopefully, yeah. Anyway, I, I was curious because Adam and I've talked a few times about, you know, filming and i i don't film and, and we we've talked a little bit about that i just like to hear what everybody's kind of doing and i think it's a, a a personal thing i guess i think it's cool it definitely makes a it's it's way easier not filming you know <laughs> oh yeah and but now actually i mean we've heard this from several people you know that we've talked to adam's cousin that that has a, a show and everything and he's like it feels funny not having the camera, you know, like, and we've, you know, it, we've kind of made a pact or, or it's like, we got to hold ourselves accountable for it since we, we tell, you know, our listeners, we're going to film this and film that. And then if we don't, it's like, well, you know, I'm just lying or, <laughs> but. Well, and that's, you know, why I should like, I, I said it on the show last year, like, I'm not, I don't want to shoot a little buck. But then that was the first deer that came in on camera, and I had, like, this internal struggle of, like, 
not that I like, uh, you know, it was just like you want to let them grow to be bigger animals, you know. But like I said, I'm not at the point where, like, I should really be like, well, that's that. I've shot 100 of those. Like, it's not that way. And, you know, I felt like I was uh, being hypocritical. You're breaking the ice for the camera. Yeah, but if I did, yeah, but if I didn't shoot that animal, I mean, I. I tell John, and you know, when he doesn't shoot deer or this or that, you know, like, what are you doing? You carried all this stuff out there, you know, who who are you trying to please, you know, whatever. And it's, you know, it's a real personal thing, you know, if you don't want to shoot the animal because it's not, you know, whatever, that's cool. I I get it. If you want to kill him, kill him. If you don't, don't. But, you know, I keep saying, hey, we're bringing all this stuff out there. We got to kill something on video. And, like, right. here's the opportunity. And it was like, well, one more step and you're gonna, phew, dead. Like, <laughs> you know. And, right. and it was awesome. But it did. It, it broke the ice. And then we killed some turkeys on camera. And, like, we yeah. had, a, I mean, I think that that's where it's really starting to, right. like, the, get the hooks in these guys. Because, like John said, he was pissed when we went, you know, we took too much time to go film his turkey. Because he's like, we're waiting too long, blah, 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 blah. But we were all so, like, mesmerized just watching all the videos of this turkey getting killed, you know, that we that Frank and Ernie just did. Like, it was like, to be able to share that in, you know, it's one thing, you know, granted, most people don't have, like, a, a forum, a podcast, a, something where you can just, you know, you get to interact with all these people and say you know get to talk about it and it's it's forever memorialized in the the ether you know but now yeah. we've got it on video right yeah, yeah oh, I, I think it's i think it's cool i mean it's definitely like um i i, I don't self-film i've always, i was joking with adam if anybody wants to come film me you know have at it that's fine i would like to have stuff on on video i would but when it comes down to me, like, I don't want, for one, I don't want to carry the extra gear in. I don't. I don't, I don't know if it's lazy or whatever, but my, my biggest thing for me is I don't do it is because I don't want to be faced with that, that decision uh, when I'm up there. And if I get a shooter deer coming in, Again, I want to be the best that I can be. I don't want to sit there and, and worry if I've got the camera because I'll, I'll be kicking myself or because I'm going to kill the deer. If it comes in and I'm thinking I want to kill the deer, I'm not worried about getting it on film at that point. I don't want to be faced with that dilemma of making sure my camera's angle is right. And, and then and then because I can't multitask. I can't. I'm, you know, I'm total guy there. I'm terrible. And I'm sitting there thinking, if I'm thinking, I want to be focused on the animal. I, I, it's just, and kudos to the guys that do it. I think it's awesome. And I'm, I'm envious. I just don't think it's for me. I, um, now, the Tacticam is definitely an option. I haven't, I haven't uh, ever used one. I've never self-filmed anything. But I think that's a really cool-looking tool to, you know, if you have it uh, on, on your bow or, you know, some guys will put it on their head or uh, – with the strap and whatnot and, you know, kind of look that direction and go, that might be a, that might be in my future, something like that. But as far as, you know, having the camera arm and all this stuff, I, I just don't see that happening. Well, a, a couple things. One, like when you talk about having to make that decision, like 
I really kick myself and I have had like a like a come to Jesus moment about like filming and you know like I said like I'm not in the position really to be like selecting which deer I'm going to kill you know right. and so when I was in Missouri last year I got up in the tree and didn't have my camera set up but I had my bow up in the tree because my buddy had got screwed up the day before where he had all of his stuff lowered his bow back down to move his stand and two shooter bucks walked right underneath him at like 10 feet and his oh, bow wow. was laying on the ground. So the next morning I bring my bow up, hang it up and my pack is still on the, well, I got my pack and I was just getting the camera and everything out. And here comes a buck. And he was like, I don't know, a hundred inch buck, 110 inch buck, something like that, which I've never killed an eight point. I've killed some 10 points and I've killed like every other smaller buck under the sun. But, you know, and, you know, this is a nice buck. We're there to shoot. And I, and I said, well, if, if I would have had the camera, I would have shot him on camera, but I didn't have the camera. And it's like, well, it shouldn't matter like one way or the other, you know, you either would have shot him or you wouldn't. And I like have to right. like not rationalize that. Like, it needs to get, you know, if you want to kill him, just kill him or, or don't, you know, kind of like what I said. But on the, on the other side of that is, so for the filming aspect of it, do your um, daughters hunt at all or do they show any interest in it? And if they do, you know, how do you feel about filming them for those memories? So my oldest, uh, she has shot one deer and one time. She, she got a really solid, a great first buck. She got a... Uh, a nine pointer two years ago, uh, in a, out of a ground blind. And I, I really, yeah, it'd be nice to have that on camera. I filmed after the, the fact, you know, she shoots the deer, it ran in the woods and we tra we tracked it in there and seeing her expression and all that. I just did that from the iPhone and, and the same thing with the, 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 the turkey hunt. Um, she shot a good time, and, uh, I've got, I don't know, I, 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 you know, you, you talk about social media. I'm my biggest thing, I guess, is Instagram. And, and I put my memories on there. Like it's everything is I put on there is associated with my kids or my outdoors life basically. And, and, uh, that's kind of like my cloud, if you would, I guess I store it all on there and I can go back and look at it. And it, it's always after the shot type stuff, obviously. Um, her expression, like after both kills, like is just is awesome. And I do have those memories. Um, it's, I guess I was, man, I'm right there, you know, to, I'm right there with her. I'm, ex I'm, I'm more excited than she is. And, you know, I'm just a proud dad and, uh, she's 10 now, I guess she was eight or nine. I'd say, uh, when, when she did that, um, but uh, I, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. I was so nervous anyway. I don't know if I could have filmed her if I wanted to in that moment for, for her, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I can see that I was filming for my wife this year, and we had we didn't get any toms come in, just called in some hens and stuff. And it, it was, I don't know, I think I feel like now having had the camera so much, it's like old hat, but I'm just, just as excited for her, you know, telling yeah. her like what's going to happen and stuff. And it's this, this year, I think my daughter who's four is going to hunt on the youth hunt. 
and I'm going to be gone. So uh, my wife and her friend are going to take her out, and her friends killed all sorts. I mean, the property that they're going to be hunting on has what they claim to be uh, a, a 200. I mean, a, a very close to to 200. If your four year old, if your four year old daughter shoots a 200, I, I know gonna be the, you're, you're going to be coming back to town really quickly, Adam. I'm going to be in Colorado elk hunting, so. It's, it's, it's one of those things and it, I had, so it's my, my buddy has all this, uh, farmland that he gets to hunt and it's right up by where John hunts on some public and he's kind of put me on to where we need to be hunting in there. Um, so we need to take some, some walks cause there's some legit big bucks. I mean, and this guy's house is just full of, I mean, and his wife's killed a bunch of them and, and, and whatnot, but I, I had to have like a real conversation with him because I said, I'm like, dude, this is like the opposite of like kind of what I, what I say and like what I believe in. Like, so, you know, is she just hunting big bucks? And he's like, no, she can shoot whatever she wants to, except for does like no does. He said that, you know, I want the does there to keep those bucks right. around on the property for later in the, in the year. But He's like, if she wants to shoot a four corn, she can shoot a four corn, but there's a good opportunity to shoot a damn nice buck or a giant, you know? So it's just a matter of how long she wants to wait. So, right. But that that's one of the things when I was talking about, like, where your buddy puts you in the stand and, like, the youth hunt and stuff like that is there's so many guys where the – the kid, you know, the dad does all the work and the kid pulls the trigger. Right. And they say, well, you can't shoot that one. You can't shoot that one. You can't shoot that one. This one's coming out. You know, that one's Eddie. That one's Ted. That one's Bill. You know, hook nose is coming out. He shoot always comes. Yeah. And well, and I don't like that. Well, Catman, two years ago, had, we had that situation. He'd been after a big 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 12 pointer and and he's asked me to come to the spot with him and he was close by i don't know maybe 100 150 yards away and i knew he'd been after that deer and he's i was like well look dude you no know, he says look dude if that deer comes in i want you to shoot him i'm and I'm like i i, I kind of felt like i couldn't you know like that's you've been after this deer for a couple of years bro I, I i could i don't think i could do it and he's like look i'm gonna be mad at you if you don't you know, I haven't been able to. Uh, he had a couple experiences with it. Anyway, needless to say, I thought that was cool. Like, I, I, I feel like that's what I would say. You know, if I'm if I'm bringing you with me to put you in an area that I know that there's a deer, you better shoot that deer. Um, I ended up not shooting that deer. I, I got a new one that he hadn't seen or didn't have on camera. It was it was it was definitely right at the rut and uh, got a good good 10 pointer uh that uh, uh but he was when i told him i shot one the first thing he asked me was was it the big 12 i told him no hello um but uh, I, I i like i said earlier you know friends are a lot harder to come by i'm not going to lose friends over an animal so i i thought that was cool well, yeah and what i was saying is i wanted to make sure that he wasn't saying you know we've got this buck picked out for her so she can't uh, shoot yeah. these little ones because oh, that yeah, yeah, was, yeah. you know, gotcha. we're like, no, we're waiting on this one. And then it's like, well, 
that makes every every time you go hunting, you expect to shoot a two hundred, the big twelve. You know, <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, how come nobody has sure. a deer picked out for me in this spot, Dad? Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> doesn't it doesn't work that way, honey? You know, <laughs> you got the they got the four corn coming in, not shoot that one. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, not 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 unless you're in some high fence situations, right? Right. That ain't us. No. Um, We'd be with, with uh, Uncle Frank. He'd be more likely to be cutting a hole in the high fence and then sitting by that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> so, what do you got on deck for this year, as far as hunts uh, coming up and things? All right. So, uh, so starting let's see, two or three years ago in the state of Tennessee, typically bow season starts the last weekend of September. Uh, but two or three years ago, they implemented a two-day velvet hunt in August. We've never had the opportunity to, to shoot a velvet deer. I still haven't shot one, but uh, so that's going to be my first hunt. Um, Tethered's going to uh, send a cameraman down for the Tennessee velvet hunt, so I will have a cameraman on that one. Um, and I've got some some. It's going to well, it's going to be private land. It's private land only. For bow. Now, we have a portion of West Tennessee that has a CWD, and they are allowing people to go hunt public land with a rifle there, uh, or maybe it's a muzzle loader. I don't remember which, uh, but I think it's a rifle, but uh, just to help take some of those deer out that, that have that. But so anyway, I'm going to be here locally. I'm going to be about an hour outside of Nashville on some private land uh it's about 500 acres running some cameras now um have had some i've never hunted or i've turkey hunted there i've not deer hunted it but i've had some cameras out there since last year and there's some there's a there's about four out there um that are, are really nice and there's one just really good stud so they are uh there is some uh i don't know if it's Beans this year, corn. I don't remember what the because he changes it up. I think it's corn though, if I remember correctly. But uh, I'm going to have them coming into the uh, the the crops there. So uh, that's going to be my first hunt. Then uh, obviously I'm going to be hunting some Tennessee for the opener. I'm I'm looking to go to Kentucky early season. Uh, I haven't solidified. I'm, well, I'm going to go for sure. I just don't know if I'm going to go alone. Or last year, I went with uh, Jared Schaefer and Parker McDonald, and uh, that was fun. And then in October, uh, Jason Red, uh, Timber Ninja, mm-hmm. he is in Asheville, North Carolina. Taylor Chamberlain and I are going to meet up and do a black bear hunt uh, with him, and uh, we'll have uh, whitetail tags as well. So we're going to make a four or five day hunt there which i'm really excited about i've never never ever hunted black bear he has uh i think he has 150 acres that butts up next to a uh uh, a bear sanctuary so you know no hunters can go in there so uh it's going to be a bait situation which will be new for me too i've never hunted over bait um so I'm, i'm pretty stoked about that the fact that i could uh it's i mean and i've been out to jason's place and and he's you know, he's in the mountains there, the Smoky Mountains there in Nashville, and it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So that'll be a different hunt for me. Um, and then 
I am looking at a miss. So last year, you know, I went down to Mississippi with the hunting public guys and, and I killed a really, really good swamp buck there in the first or second week of January because they're still running there. So I'm looking up at, uh, Ernie power and I, uh, not sure who else, but we're going to try and go back down there. Um, and then, uh, maybe a possible Alabama hunt as well. So, um, still working on a couple of those, but, uh, it's going to be a full season for sure. You know? Um, and then I, I do a, uh, I do a Tennessee hunt where I, uh, bring in some guys and we do a big deer camp and, uh, have a big time doing that. So again, for me, I love the hunt. I mean, we're, that's what we're talking about this. That's why you guys have a podcast. We love it. But you know, deer camp is the best for me. Just the camaraderie of the guys and just, just telling stories and tall tales and the whole shebang. So I, I'm, I'm looking super forward to it. Cool deal. So what, uh, what bow are you shooting right now? What's your setup? So, um, I am shooting an E32, an Elite 32, and I also have an Elite Synergy. Um, I am in the process uh, of ordering the new Matthews VXR. Um, I, I had elbow surgery back in February, so I haven't even been able to draw back until actually a week, two weeks ago. So I shot a lot this weekend. We were all in Minnesota um, at Ernie Powers' place, and we'd have like he had a little uh, uh, target set up in the backyard, and we had little competitions and had a blast doing that. Elbows good, um, so felt good to shoot again. And uh, anyway, I got to shoot and draw back the VXR, and love that thing. And so that's going to be my hunting bow for the season. I'll keep the elites. Um, I like them. Shot, I've shot them both for, I guess, three years now. No issues there, but uh, I really, really enjoyed the VXR. So that's, that's the, the way I'm going to go. Yeah, it's a great, great shooting bow. I was, uh, I was up in the air for me between that one and the PSE, but I had to go with the knock on. <laughs> I'm, I couldn't hear you, John. Say again. I said that, that is a great shooting bow. And it was up in the air for me. I, uh, it was between that and the PSE, but I had to go with the knock-on bow. So, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I saw the VXR for the first time at the ATA, and you know, it, it was intriguing. I'm gonna go. I, I, I pulled back the 28 inch, and then the 31 and a half, and I I think they're both. I think I don't think you can go wrong with either one, but I'm gonna go with the 31 and a half. Um, actually, I, I'm. I'm it's trying to figure. I just got the hardest part. I got to figure out my color scheme. How about that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what arrows are you shooting? I'm. You know, I haven't got into the uh, heavier arrow yet. You know, I'm, I I think I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to. I'm the type. I don't just jump in until I kind of play around with it a little bit. And since I have not, since I had my elbow surgery and I haven't been able to shoot the way I wanted to, I planned on getting into it this year, but. Uh, I don't think time's going to allow it. I just got so much other stuff going on that it's probably going to be another year, uh, and I'll wait till after season next year, and I'm going to start. Um, right now, I am shooting some Carbon Express uh, Mayhem Hunters is what I have. Okay. Um, and I 
I'm using NAP Killzone Broadheads. I've so you know everybody seems to be going with the heavier, uh, and I'm thinking when I toy around with it, I think I'm going to do an in between. I'm not going to. I'm going to go middle of the road and, and start there and see if I like it. Um, and, and if it works for me, I'll make the switch. If not, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. It's been working for me so far. It's kind of one of those things for me. If it ain't broke, I'm not trying to fix it, but I do, I'm always looking to better myself. So if I can, if it's better and I feel like it's better and I'm confident with it, yeah, I'll do it. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is you're 6'5", so you're, you're probably shooting at least a 31-inch draw length, right? Yep. Yep. Right. So you're, I mean, that's the same. I'm 6'3", and I'm shooting a 31-inch draw length and a 70-pound bow. I build an arrow, and it's easily 550 grains. So it's like in the okay. middle of the road for me. You know, and so you could easily do something like that, and and you're still getting, you know, the the heavy arrow punch, but it's not right. quite, you know, like if you if you like to go and shoot long distance, it'll, uh, you know, yeah, and that's so Zach Fairball and I talked about that a lot uh, in Michigan at the Public Land Challenge, and he he's really sold me into to, to getting into it. So, um, like I said, just haven't been able to with the elbow surgery. Um, but uh, I, I think that's going to be the way to go. Just, yeah. I mean, it, it just makes it makes sense all the way around. I just haven't done it, so I can't say yet. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I just for sure. But I, I think that'll probably be the way to go. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome, man. I uh, we could talk all night. I could talk to you all the time. Hell, I do <laughs> on a daily basis we've, almost now. We've only so. been, we've only been on here about fifteen twenty minutes, <laughs> <laughs> man. So you're going to make it up to Michigan this year then? Dude, if Tom allows it, I would love to. I would love to because I'm going to tell you, that tag that I had to eat, I still got it. I saved it. It's, it's in my truck, and I see it almost every day. And, and it's it's ammunition for me. Like I'm, I think about it all the time. It's that blue tag that I bought at 3 o'clock in the morning at Walmart <laughs> on my way to the Public Land Challenge. And I'm going to hold on to that till I get back up to Michigan and fill one. Well, I was, you know, because of all this COVID stuff and a lot of like my plans have changed dramatically. Like I'm trying to figure out my dates for hunting. Like before I ate up a lot of time, you know, and, and with elk hunting and things like that. But this year, a lot of the vacations and the onesie twosie day things have all petered off. So I've got a bunch of, I'm, tr- I'm trying to allocate my deer hunting time and pick like when and where I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. So me too. Yeah. John. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I still don't know what's going on with schools here locally. You know, me being a school teacher, we're supposed to start back in August. Um, I I gotta, you know, a lot depends on that because that's, I mean, that's, that's what pays my bills. Um, if I could get up and go to Michigan and hunt, uh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. You know, I, that's the, you know, it, it, it's a sad time in the country with everything going on right now, but, but it's at the same time, you know, a lot of people is like asking how it's affected me. I'm still out in the woods. I'm fit. You know, matter of fact, I was fishing. I fished almost all spring. I had more time to get out there and do that. And I've had a blast. So it really hasn't affected. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know what's coming here in the future, but I, I don't know it's going to bother me so much as far as hunting. Matter of fact, I think it, I mean, it's pushing more people to the woods, you know? 
right. might affect me that way adversely, like having more pressure from other people. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the things we talked about with going out west with, you know, tag sales and, you know, states closing down, things like that. Now it's like, well, is everybody going to be pushed to Colorado and, and, you know, maybe Montana if they put in for their draw? You know, John bought his tag already. He has it because. Well, Montana, you have to. You, yeah. you, you put in for your draw and. You you pay for it up front, and if you don't draw, then you get your money back. So it's a, you know, you got yeah. It. And I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's it. That once you get your tag, you got it, and it's paid for. And so I'm in. <laughs> but where like Adam, you know, yeah, those my, guys still have to buy their the tags. Tags go on sale August sixth at nine a.m. So it, yeah, that's where I'm going to be online. Yeah, and that's. That's ignorance on my part. I didn't even think about the aspects of, uh, I forgot that some of the states are closing down, uh, outside of the state, uh, sales on, on their tag. So that would, that would, it would stink, you know, cause it would ruin some of my plans, but I still got my tag here in Tennessee. So, um, I will make sure I put in, I mean, <laughs> I would, and that's the thing. That's the thing. I hunted so, so many states last year. I didn't hunt my home state as well as I, I, I could because I was gone almost like every other weekend going somewhere different. And uh, it affected me. Early season really affected me. And that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I hunted the opening. I hunted the velvet hunt. And then I hunted uh, uh, like the first weekend here in Tennessee. Then after that, I was in Michigan at the Public Land Challenge or I was in Kentucky or wherever. And then by the time I come back, you know, the, the, the patterns are start, were starting to change and, and I kind of got left behind. I didn't kill. I, I ended up limiting out here in Tennessee last year, but my first, I'm, I, I drew back and, and shot at that deer in Michigan. And that was the only shot I took till I killed a, a buck on Thanksgiving day. And then, and then like a week later, I killed, I killed another one and then I killed the one in Mississippi. Um, now I shot does and whatnot, but I'm just talking about going after, uh, decent bucks. You know, it was, it was hard for me because I was not spending the time here and I don't, I, I run cameras, but once season starts, especially on public land, I don't keep them out because they tend to disappear, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I didn't want to do that or even tip another hunter off. Because usually I'm putting cameras where I have good sign of good deer, and I didn't want to tip anybody off that there might be something else in there. Right. <laughs> well, all right, man. I think we're going to wrap this one up for this evening, and uh, we, we will definitely be in touch. I'll be uh, looking forward to getting you up here. You can teach from Skype or Zoom, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's, I, I, actually, I taught two online classes last year, so so yeah. I, I definitely can do that for sure. <laughs> um, and I, I would, matter of fact, I did a Zoom conference call with one of my, with my principal this spring. I was actually turkey hunting and she called me out and she's like, she was laughing. She's like, uh, uh, Adrian, are, are you hunting? <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in the middle of the woods with a mouth call in my mouth. I'd just been calling turkeys. I forgot. Oh shoot! I got to jump on this Zoom call. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. <laughs> All right. 
All right, man. So where can people follow along with uh, all of your after uh, the after the kill photos? Uh, man, I I'm on uh, Instagram. It's Big A Sports. Big A Sports, and uh, I've got a Facebook page. I, I post a little on there, but not a lot. So that's kind of my, Instagram's kind of my jam. So uh, follow along there. It's it's uh, public. So give me a follow and. I'll try and follow you back, man. I couldn't. I can't think of a a, a better guy, um, you know, in the in the space to to talk to. I mean, there, there's a reason that you know you're you're plugged in with all of these guys, and that you keep, like I said, you just kind of keep, you know, like when they see Billy Carrington in the background, that's why, <laughs> you know, why does Madison Baumgartner with the hundred public? B. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> so Maddie B yeah it's it, it's funny I you know being in Nashville I, I, I've never seen Billy Carrington in my life but I, I, I have got that a time or two and obviously John is starstruck with Billy for some <laughs> reason and pushing it over on me now but that's okay John's a good old fella and he actually asked to take a picture with you when we were at the bar at ATA I remember that. He's like, I got to send oh, this yeah. to my wife. Oh, if you recall. My, my wife loves Billy <laughs> Currington. So I'm like, do you, do you, do you have that? The I, photo? Do I have yeah. the photo? I don't know. I'm not sure if I do or not, but no, yeah. And I was like, cause that would, that would, that was like, I got to take a picture with him and send it. And she's going to, you know, freak out. Like John's hanging out with Billy Currington. What the hell? <laughs> you know? Yeah. If, if he doesn't have it, I'm sure his wife still has it. <laughs> right. <laughs> she she got that in the in the hidden in the hidden uh, photos. <laughs> right. The private. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Boys, man. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, we could sit. Like I said, you said it. We could sit here and talk all night, and I have no issue doing it. So, um, thank you. Very much. Yep, and we've got a great plan for the next one, John. We were hatching it right before we started this, so I can't wait to have Adrian out again after the season. We'll wrap up, and uh, the the plan that we have in place is going to be amazing. Oh, it's a humdinger. It's good stuff. (laughs) All right, dude. All right. Sit down.